Let's give Jesus another hand clap of praise, brothers. Last night, when I came in, I was so tired. I was, I was trying to be a man. I said I will not sleep, I will co-drive together with my brother, David. <laughs> the wife was in front and I was at the back and I was trying to really fire him up. And I was saying to myself, Ben, you are not going to sleep. <laughs> I was trying to be a man. <laughs> and this guy was... Driving, and as he was driving, before I know it, <laughs> and I slept, I think maybe one and a half hours. And then I woke up and I asked, Where are you? He said, We are near Dothan, Alabama. I said, Wow, that's really how long? Then he said, Probably one hour. I said, Wow. And I was so tired. And then I came in, but still I was wondering, because the time difference, but now when I just got in, I slept, and then the Lord began to show me something, which I want to share with us before I preach. I, show, I saw a lady in a congregation, and she was mocking, mocking, talking ill about missions. And discouraging people about mission. Saying you're doing nothing. You're investing in nothing. You're not going to get anything. And it was so horrible. That I've, I woke up in the night. And I was thinking what is this? And I began to wrestle with it. Let me speak to JFCC. God has called this ministry into a greater assignment. And it's only the heavens. That will reveal when we go there. The, the, the greatness of the work that this ministry is doing and will do. It's only God when we go there. It's greater than anything. And that's why I want to encourage you. That when it comes to mission. When it comes to ministry. Let's pour our heart. Because we are not ordinary church. We are a church that is giving direction. We are an apostolic church for shaping destinies and helping lives. Praise God. And there are a lot of things that God will do with this church. More than we have already seen. This is a territorial church. And Pastor Gerald, I know it's not something common here. But I believe with the whole of my heart. And even as the spirit of God speaks to me, you are an apostolic elder. God has raised this man as an apostle in our nation. Here. And your work is raising up giants, raising up men like arrows, like what you just said. An arrow that is shot towards a direction. And out of this place, 
missionaries from all over the world bringing the good news of our Lord Jesus out of this place. This is like a training center where we come and we are equipped to go out and do the great work. Not only here. So do not be afraid when God begins to speak and raise up people because that is the work of this church. A center where he's going to raise up people, training people, releasing them like someone who has a heart on his hand and has a target. Just like that. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let me go to the word that I have for you today. believe that we will still hear more from God as he's helping us. Amen. Understanding the mystery of the altar. And you know before I preach or before I speak I always want to hear the Lord and I want to hear the confirmation. And then this great woman of God spoke the word about altars. About Jesus is the ultimate sacrifice. Then the Lord said, yes. That is what I want you to speak. The mystery of the altar. What is an altar? Altar. Altar is a spiritual place. Where God and man meets. A place of meeting. That's why in the Old Testament, we read about the tent of meeting. One of the things that God did before he did anything is he created a place of meeting. When God created Adam and Eve, one of the greatest things he did was to create a place of meeting. And I want you to understand something this night. That is where God always descended. That's why when he came and found Adam, not in that place, he asked him, where are you? I want us to understand that God is everywhere, but you cannot find him Everywhere. is omnipresent. But there is a specific place where God meets with his people. You cannot just roam here and there and there and there and meet God. There is a place of meeting. Although God is everywhere. But there is a specific place where he meets his people. And that's why when he came down that day. He didn't roam about in the Garden of Eden. He went at a specific place where they used to meet with Adam and Eve. And said, Adam, where are you? Praise God. When we understand this, then we are able to contain and move with the presence of God in our lives. So altar. It's a spiritual place where God and man meet. Number two thing I want you to understand, 
altar is a raised place. It's a high place. It's a raised place where sacrifices are laid. You don't lay a sacrifice in the low place. You lay sacrifice in a high place. And I want to give you an example. I was seated there and I could not speak there. But when I stood on the raised place, then I lay myself a sacrifice acceptable to God that he could speak through me in a, a raised place. In the Old Testament, demons understood this. That's why any time God was raising up a king in the Old Testament, the Bible said one mission that God assigned for those kings is to destroy high places. And I want you to understand, even in Bonafay here, Craven here, where we are here now, there is a high place where demons offer their sacrifices. That's why the church must raise also an altar higher than the altars of the devil. And I want to confirm this night that this place is a raised altar where sacrifices are laid. Oh, hallelujah. So when you come, you're not just coming to a place. You are coming to a higher place. High places. This is a high place. Praise God. Let me declare by the word of the Lord. After this service, if there is any high place that has been raised apart from the high place that should be for God in this place, by the authority in the name of Jesus, those places must be brought down. And let me tell you something. If you don't bring high places in the land, the sacrifices will lose their voice. Let me open your mind and your heart and your spirit a little bit. When God called Abraham, he said, come, bring your son. I want him as a sacrifice. But I will show you where the sacrifice should be laid. It was not just everywhere. That's why they walked three days. Three days looking for a raised place. May the God of the Bible raise up this altar in this land. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, praise the name of the Lord. For three days. The man was walking, looking for a raised place. Because God is a God of high places. Remember, when Jesus died, they had to walk hours and hours, going to where? To a raised place called Golgotha. It was higher than any other place in the land of Israel. We have come to a high place. Praise the name of the Lord. An altar 
Number three, this is a place where people's lives are determined. If the altar is weak, then the people are going to be weak. If the altar is strong, then the people are going to be strong. Do you see the difference between that church and the other church? Where healing is in that church and healing is not in the other church. Where there is increase in that church and there is decrease in the church. The difference is not the people. The difference is how powerful the altar in that place is. That's why we need to empower our altar through prayer. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. Altar is a place where people's lives are determined. If you come sick in a weak altar, you go back with your sickness. If you come depressed in a weak altar, you go back with your depression. But when you come weak in a strong altar, you go out strong. That's why, that's why at Calvary, every sickness must bow at Calvary. Every disease must bow at Calvary. Every demon trembles at Calvary. Every chain are broken at Calvary. Every addiction is broken at Calvary. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah. Hey. There is one thing that the devil didn't understand. By taking Jesus at the higher place of Calvary, he didn't know. He didn't know. Had he known, he would have crucified Jesus in the low land, in the low place. But he was raised in the altar, the highest altar. That at Calvary, every cancer is broken. We raise that altar here. Praise God. <laughs> People's life becomes stronger or weaker depending on the altar that they are connected to. If you are connected to a weak altar, your life will be weak. If you are connected to a strong altar, your life will be strong. Number five. I want you to understand that altar is a divine place for exchange. Exchange. That's why when you are sick, we call you to come. When you come to the altar, you have what is called divine exchange. You leave your sickness and you take your health. Your health is here and you exchange it with disease. This is a place of exchange. You cannot come to the altar and go back with your thing. When we run here, I want you to believe when you run here, as I saw people come and kneel in front of the altar of our God, there is what is called exchange that takes place. That's why after Abraham had tied his son, and he was almost killing his son. The Lord said, no, it cannot be in the altar. In the altar, there is no death. There is the lamb. 
there is exchange. Hallelujah! Tonight, I come to declare to you, in this altar, whatever it is, if it is sickness, if it is a disease, if it is anything, demonic oppression, or any power that has been disturbing your life, this night, when you come to the altar, there is an exchange. You cannot go back with it. Hallelujah. Praise God. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. That's why people ask, how is it possible? We know him as a drug addicted, addict. We know him as somebody who is wrecked. How comes? They don't know that when you come to the altar and when you are drug addict, you leave your drugs here and you take your well health. Amen. Praise God. Amen. And people will look at you and they say, ah, what has happened? We know him as a robber. Yes, I was a robber. But when I came to the altar, he took my robbery and he gave his innocence. Hallelujah. I am free. Praise God. Hallelujah. Altars. Amen. The altar you defend will defend you. This is something that people don't understand. The altar you destroy will destroy you. And I will read for you in the scriptures. The altar you defend will defend you. The reason why some people, one altar makes them strong, but others, the same altar makes them weak, is all about how do you treat and defend the altar. How? If you rubbish, rubbish the altar, you don't take regard of the altar, you don't honor the altar, then the altar will vomit you out. But when you honor and reverence the God of the altar, together with the altar, then everything becomes possible for you. Amen. Hallelujah. There must be Two major requirements in the altar. For the altar to be empowered, for your altar to be empowered, you need two things. One is what I call sacrifice. And then number two, service. Anytime God wanted to raise an altar, there are two things he required. One, sacrifice. Because the altar is empty and void and useless without the sacrifice on it. Calvary was nothing and had no power until the highest sacrifice was laid on Calvary. And the highest sacrifice is Jesus Christ. All through, Calvary was called a place of skull, a place of death. 
But when Jesus, the highest sacrifice, was laid at Calvary, his name changed from a place of skull to a place of life. I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. of life at the altar there is a lord of life you shall live praise god hallelujah oh my god hallelujah calvary was nothing until jesus was hanged on it altar is useless Without the sacrifice. That's why Paul is saying in the book of Romans chapter 12 verse 1. He said, offer yourself as a living sacrifice. Well pleasing to God. That is acceptable aroma to God. Without sacrifice, altars are nothing. And every altar must be serviced. Amen. You know, people don't know why we come to Wednesday meeting. Let me ask you, if somebody asks you, why are you rushing to the Wednesday meeting? Some people will say, we are going to worship. That's good. Some people say, we are going to listen to the man of God, Pastor Gerald. Yeah, that's good. And some people say, I want to go and hear that black American, black man from Kenya. That's good. And some people say, we want to take a picture with that black man. That's good. But the main reason why we came this night is that we have come to service our altar. Oh, praise the name of the Lord. Don't you know if you keep on driving your car without minding the miles, one day your car will stall with you in the middle of the road. If you keep on driving your car without taking it to garage, one of these days you will find yourself in the middle of the road and it is late in the night. That's why we come every Sunday morning. We come every Sunday evening. We come every Wednesday. We have come to service our sacrifice. We have come to service our altars. Hallelujah. Come on. Compare yourself with people who didn't come. You are far much better than them. Amen. Because I hear people ask, telling me, why should we go every day? God hears our prayer. Why should we be in church one hour? God knows everyone. Yes, he knows everyone. But just like if you are in class, we have one teacher, all of us. But if you keep on missing your class, and think you're going to pass your exam, you wait until examination is given out. Amen. Do you know I will give you the scriptures? Oh, every time. And Abraham built the altar. And Abraham built the altar. When he arrived in Hebron, he built the altar. When he went to Mamre, he built the altar. 
And they kept on servicing the altar. Because the altar needs service. Praise God. To empower your altar, you need to offer sacrifice all the time. Acceptable and pleasing to God. What is that sacrifice? It is your body. Your body as a living sacrifice accepted to God. You must walk in the purity of the gospel. And walk in the holiness that God gives us. Praise God. Amen. As I wind, I want us to see something in the book of, maybe you will say, oh, he just said, he didn't read anything, have you? <laughs> he just said, he just spoke, he spoke. Yes, that's good. Yes. Genesis 12, 7, you will read until 10. And go read 16. Anytime God gave Abraham a promise, after giving a promise, what Abraham did was he built an altar. Genesis chapter 13, verse 16. But I want us to go to Judges, and we'll read that. Judges chapter 6, verse 22. And when Gideon perceived that it, he was an angel of the Lord. Gideon said, alas, O God, for because I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. And the Lord said unto him, peace be unto thee, fear not, thou shalt not die. That is for another day. Then Gideon built an altar there unto the Lord and called it Jehovah Shalom. Unto this day it is yet in Ophrah. And of the Abiezerite. Pastor Jared knows this meaning. So he will help us. And verse 25. And it came to pass the same night. That the Lord said unto him. Take thy father's young bullock. Even the second bullock of seven years old. And throw down the altars of Baal. That thy father had, And cut down. And destroy it. And built an altar unto the Lord thy God. Upon the top of this rock. In the order place, in the high place, and take the second bullock and offer a burnt sacrifice. Now, verse 27. Then Gideon took ten men of his servants and did as the Lord said unto him. And so it was because he feared his father's household and the men of the city that he could not do it by the day, but did it by the night. Let me explain something. altar of God will only prevail after the altar in your father's house is destroyed. The traditions, the beliefs, the things we carry every day of our life, the way our minds are formed until they are destroyed, the altars of God cannot prevail. So when God spoke to Gideon, he said, first of all, destroy the altar in your father's house. Amen. And I like what the pastor said to us. He said, I will not share my glory with anyone. I will not share my glory with anything. Whenever God comes to you, he looks through you 
if he finds another altar, then these two altars will be conflicting. That's why some of us, we try to move forward. One step in the things of God. But before we know it, two step backward. Because there are altars in our father's houses that are wrestling with us. Sometimes we ask ourselves, how comes this man was so strong in the beginning of the year, but now he's weak? He cannot come for prayer. He cannot fast. He cannot give. He cannot give tithe. What is happening in this man's or this woman's life? I want you to understand until you deal with your father's altar. So he destroyed. And let me declare by the word of the Lord. The Lord is going to raise and help us raise ten men that will help us to destroy strongholds in the land. There are men and women seated under the, under the sound of my voice this night. That God will empower you to tear down every wall. To tear down every stronghold. And to break in pieces every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God in this county and in this country. Praise God. Let me tell you, sometimes it doesn't need to be open. Sometimes it needs secret weapon. Paul is saying, I pray that the eye of your understanding may be enlightened, that you may understand, eh, you may understand the deep things of the spirit. So for Gideon, it was not daytime. He said, I have to go in the middle of the night and tie it down, break it. Because there are some things you need to deal with them secretly. Weapon of warfare is not common, but in bringing down every stronghold and breaking them in pieces. Praise God. Hallelujah. You know what happened? That night, Gideon wrestled with those altars and he brought them down. And you know what happened? They began to pursue him. He said, We know who has done this. <laughs> We know it is Gideon. We know who has done this. And I thank God for the fathers. The father of Gideon said to the people, if Baal be God, why don't he defend himself? Any God that cannot save his people cannot rescue his people. That God is useless. Praise God. That's why when people come into the altar, their lives must be changed. Any altar that is not changing life, those altars must be broken. That's why sometimes the enemy say, I'll let them go. Let them go. I will allow them to go, but let them go not far. If they have to worship, let them worship within the borders of Egypt. I am secured when they are, they are worshiping in the borders of Egypt. But Moses said, no, we will go and offer sacrifice to the God of heavens. We will go 
beyond Egypt. We must possess our possession in the land of the living. People must be delivered. Drug addicts must be delivered. Cancers must be healed. Every disease must be healed. Young men must prophesy. Our daughters will prophesy. And the old men will see dreams. I will pour my spirit unto all flesh. Oh, hallelujah. We are the generation that will tear down every altars. We are the generation that will tear down the altars. Of wickedness in the land. You and me, we are raised such a time as this to do it. Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> Three things you must understand about altar. Every altar has a priest. One, every altar has a God. There must be the God of the altar. Number two, every altar has a priest in charge of that altar. And number three, every altar needs a sacrifice. Those three things. Now, the problem we have in the church today is we know the God of the altar. We confess the God of the altar, but we don't know the priest of the altar. Praise God. That's the biggest problem now. If you want the altar to work for you, know the God of the altar. That's why one of the things that Gideon did, he destroyed Baal. Who was the God in charge of that altar? And then the priest of that altar began to wrestle against Gideon. Why have you destroyed our God? Why have you destroyed our altar? Who made you to become a priest against our altar? This you may not know, but in Africa, if I want to go under to the witch, you know witch? Witches? Like the one bewitching you in the night? You saw the woman? You saw the man on the mountain that night? You saw? Yes? Those ones are the priests of that altar. Do you know? That when you begin to look at people with outside appearance, you may not understand it. People are more than what you see. What you see is clothes. Praise God. What you see. There are powers behind people. And those powers are empowered by the altars they submit to. Like a witch. For a witch to be powerful, they must offer a human sacrifice in the altar. That's why one time I was preaching in Tanzania. After preaching, trying to destroy those powers and speaking against them. One old man came to me and said, you young man, don't you ever mention that word here. Or else we will deal with you. The following day when I stood again, the man came and said, now we are not warning you. We have warned you two times, you have refused. Now you will know who we are in the land. I said, okay. 
And then he stood in front of everyone and said, I give you until tomorrow morning. If you wake up alive, then I am not. And they called his name. And they called the names of his gods. Just like Goliath did that day. He began to cast, he cast David in the name of his gods. Praise God. And I stood in the power and in the might of, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I stood in the power and in the might of the Holy Ghost. And I said, as my God lives and I live, tomorrow you will not wake up. And we will see who is God among gods. And I stand in this altar this night to declare to you that which in Tanzania never woke up in the morning. Why? Why? Because the God that is stronger will display, dis, displace the God who is weaker. The altar that is strong will displace the weak. The strong displaces the weak. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. That night when Jesus hung on the cross... The sun could not give light. The moon stopped to give light. Why? Because the highest altar, the highest authority, the highest name was hung on the cross of Calvary. He set the captive loose. He delivered the sick. Hallelujah. He, rose, he raised the dead. That is the God we serve. We are not serving a dead God. We serve a living God. It's the same yesterday. It's the same today. And it's the same forever. Hallelujah. Oh my God. At the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee must bow. Hallelujah. Sickness must bow. Cancer must bow. Demons must bow. Authorities must bow. Rebellion must bow. Hallelujah. Oh my God. You know what happened that night as I whined? The following day, people came and said, man of God, because it was a public show. Man of God. Do you know what has happened? I said, I don't know. That which they are wailing about him. I said, what is it? I said, just like you said, he didn't wake up in the morning. I said, yes, the gods of the land are useless. It's only our God, Jehovah. It's only our God, Jehovah. Is the God of the sacrifice. And we are his priests. Hallelujah. He said, behold, I give you power and authority. He didn't just leave us empty. He gave us power and authority to trample over scorpion and to trample over powers and to walk over principality. We are rulers. We are the priests of the kingdom. Hallelujah. Walk your head up because you are a priest kingdom that will never come to an end. Praise God. Hallelujah. Let's stand up on our feet. Thank you, Jesus. Yes. You have the authority. You have the power. Amen. Please, singers, can you play? Just play as you just worship a little. Just worship two minutes. Keyboard, please, somebody. Praise God.
Thank you, Jesus. I don't know what you've been wrestling with. But there is an altar. There is an altar. I don't know what you've been wrestling with. But there is an altar. There is an altar here. Yes. I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. It's only God who knows. I don't know how you came. But I know. There is a God of the altar. Praise God. Man of God, please come. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Man of God, please.